0: hello and welcome to life beyond the numbers the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life we live in a world largely driven by numbers logic and reason but how we feel at work and about our work impacts us our organizations and society There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michielan, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique. others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your human Hello and welcome to episode 110 of Life Beyond the Numbers. And this episode is going out on the last Saturday in November, November 2022. And I am going to look at a couple of numbers or life beyond those numbers. Because earlier this month, I turned 49. Ah, like how did that happen? And not only that, but Because I'm now 49, it means that I'm at the beginning of my 50th year on this planet and that 50th year will culminate in my 50th birthday, me being on the planet for half a century. And that is, whoa, like how did that happen, huh? Where did the years go? It's just, it's a phenomena, isn't it? And Maybe I thought the same at 40 and 30 and 20, but 50 does sound old. (laughs) Shh, don't tell anyone I said that. A lot of my friends are in their 50s. But it's just like, whoa, I just, I don't know. Anyway, there's no going back. And as one of my friends said to me, the alternative isn't all that great, Susan. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. There isn't an alternative. alternative is not to be on this planet at all and I'm absolutely grateful to be here to be alive and to be full of life but of course milestones and numbers like that anniversaries whatever they provide us with a chance to reflect and 49 for me is seven sevens is 49 because I do think a lot in numbers but seven sevens is 49 and when I thought about that I remembered this documentary that I saw as a teenager I'm pretty sure and the documentary was called Seven Up and it followed the lives of a group of seven-year-old kids and revisited them every year so seven, 14, 21, obviously, and so on. I actually just Googled it before I started recording. And what I found out was it was originally planned as a one-off documentary for Granada TV, with children from various backgrounds interviewed across the years in a bid to examine the country's class structure, talking about the UK here, and how it shaped their futures. And it was inspired by the Jesuit motto Give me the child until he is seven and I will give you the man. And then every seven years, the film crew revisited the group with the most recent instalment, 63 Up, airing in 2019. Now, I haven't seen 63 Up. (laughs) I don't think I've seen it in years, but I do remember watching it. And I thought, well, why don't I do something like that? Why don't I go back, starting at age seven, and think about all the things that have happened every seven years and so i'm going to give you a very quick <laughs> rundown of the last 49 years oh my god when i say it like that it just sounds like in whoa i'm only going to give like a highlight that's it i'm not going to be here for 49 minutes talking about i hope not at least the first thing that came to mind age seven actually and just like that was that i had my eight front teeth removed in one go. Still gives me shivers to think about it, to be honest with you. I had to go to hospital and went under general anaesthetic and they removed my four top teeth and my four bottom teeth, front, front top and front bottom. And I think the reason was my adult teeth were starting to grow or wanted to grow out and my baby teeth weren't falling out and so they had to be removed. Otherwise, there would have been all sorts of trouble. There was all sorts of trouble anyway. Well, first of all, I had no front teeth, like eight front teeth missing when I made my first Holy Communion. And I started to hide my smile from the world because I didn't want to open my mouth. Because I had a toothless grin and I just find it fascinating now to think back how how young we start to be impressionable about the world and start to hide who we are from the world in order to meet some sort of conformity or best practice or the way things should be when really it's all about just being yourself. And I hid my smile for many 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 years not anymore I can tell you but I did then and of course the teeth all grew back together in one go and protruded and yeah I won't go there now and if you listen to collective joy with Pete last week I talked about how when I laugh now, you can see my tonsils. So I got over it at some point along the way. And now I smile as much as I can, making up for hiding my smile when I was younger. And age 14, the first thing that came to mind was going on holidays to France with my family and one of my best friends from school. And we went, I don't know, for a week or something, or maybe two weeks and missed, exams in June and it was a fantastic trip. We went to Mont Saint-Michel and just being out and about in France, listening to the language and the weather and everything was different and driving on the wrong side of the road. Okay, maybe not the wrong side, but the other side of the road and all of that. It was an adventure. It was fun and it holds a special place in my heart that holiday and my 21st well like i remember turning 21 so well i remember having a joint 21st birthday party with a friend of mine in university we have a video recording of that somewhere oh my god the pub that held the party um threw in a video recording of the night, I mean 10 minutes or something like that but still it was, it is, <laughs> well I don't know if I could watch it now actually. The other thing that really stands out for my 21st is my father wrote me a poem and if you will allow me I'm going to read that poem to you now. The first of 21. You were born to a world in crisis. Arab oil, petrol queues and Vietnam. You saw the light in the rotunda, the first one to wake each morning, boldly demanding breakfast and attention. Who could ignore you? I had wanted a girl and rang old friends to boast of being your father. Panic when I gave you a spoonful of surgical spirits. Wondered if you'd always remember that. Then mushrooms in the mountains of Lebanon, a pushchair with parasol and walks by the sea, surrounded in a park by crowds of curious children, rocking in your hotel cot, sleeping on my chest. Thought you and mom had died in an Israeli attack. Beirut rocked with bombs and sonic booms as you slept. You went home to Dingle, and I missed you for months. You cried the next time you saw me. I frightened you, a stranger with a mustache. I saw your first step the day before your first birthday, that first cautious step on your road to independence. You could probably hear that in my voice still. I think we were all crying around the kitchen table when dad read that one out. <laughs> But, you know, it holds a special place in my heart and it's hard to believe that it's almost 30 years since I heard that for the first time. And then age 28 was actually the first time I had to think about, well, what was I doing when I was 28? And of course, I was in living in Australia and about to start a big travel adventure where we flew from Sydney to Perth in late November and travelled up the west coast, down the centre to Uluru and over to the east coast and the south coast and onto New Zealand and finally a couple of weeks in the Cook Islands. And. Then age 35, this was an interesting one because I was living and working in Manchester. I was finance director of an international organization and actually nothing comes up for that time. Life was stressful. It was very, very stressful and I think I was quite lost. And it was an interesting reflection for me actually thinking about this year and how nothing stands out. But age 42, I was living and working in Geneva and wow, what a year that was. There was so much travel. It started with a trip to DC early December for my cousin's wedding. And then the whole next year there was like all sorts of travel all around. And I did a three days in Philadelphia on this convening of this course I was on for social entrepreneurship and it was life changing. My brother turned 40 that July, there was the Isle of Skye, there was Mozambique for the first time, I mean there was a lot packed into that year and yeah and then age 49 well who knows what's going to happen in this 12 months yeah all the way to 50, my 50th year on the planet the population of the planet now being at 8 billion that just happened recently but as I said, age 49 is still to unfold, and in Ireland we have this saying, which is, arisht," which basically means, may we be alive at this time again. And of course, it isn't just about looking back, it's also about looking ahead. Who do I want to be when I am? 50. Okay. I'm going to have to deal with that at some point, am not I? And I, I think it's amusing more than anything. And even my parents who are both in their 70s now say, I can't believe I have a child who's almost 50. And it's funny, I can't believe I'm, somebody thinks of me as a child, but it's the circle of life, isn't it? Or the cycle of life. And I'm certainly privileged to have both my parents still living at this point in my life. And I suppose heading for 50, it feels like it's further than midlife now. (laughs) It's like, okay, midlife may have been around the 40 mark and maybe a little bit somewhere in the 40s, but the likelihood of me living to 100, yeah, well. So I guess taking, well, you take each day as it comes, but take each year as it comes and... I wanted to set an intention for the year ahead. That's what I'm getting at is I wanted to set an intention for this year ahead. And I've been reading a lot about goals and systems and plans and mainly because my plan is to write a book That's a massive intention for next year. I'd like to have it written or at least more or less done by the time I turn 50 considering I haven't actually started it yet that is quite the ambition but I do believe and this is a conversation I had with Alison who's the publisher is that it is about setting up systems and she's given me some really good pointers on how to go and do that which is something I'm going to explore in the next week or so when I get past what I'm doing at the moment but alongside that in my own personal life I guess health and fitness is the thing that I want to be intentional about. And, and I am, I believe, but it is the thing that can often fall down in the priority list when things get a bit hectic. And I, I just don't want it to be like that. So I want to incorporate things in my life so that they're non-negotiables effectively. And most of these things, I do them pretty regularly. But I kind of wanted more of a foolproof way of doing them, and at the moment I'm in this workshop. It's an Akimbo workshop, Seth Golden workshop, and it's called the Creatives Workshop. And at the beginning of this workshop, Seth and his team set everybody ha ha ha. Seth, Seth, but sorry, Seth and his team ask us as the participants in this workshop to keep a hundred day streak. So to start, whatever creative endeavour you have, whether you're painting, taking photos, music, writing, whatever it is, every day create something for a hundred days to keep that streak. As a way of accountability to yourself, I guess, but also it's almost like well, it's like a competition or something, isn't it? It's like, ooh, this is something that I must do for me and I'm only going to let myself down if I don't, if I commit to it. So I think today is going to be day 68 out of 100. So I am 68 days in, something like that, and every single day I have shown up and written something. Now, to be fair, on certain days, all I've gone in there and done is written I'm here today just to keep the streak alive or something like that. So I haven't actually created something. But there's the act of holding myself to account, the act of keeping the streak alive, the act of being accountable, being consistent. There's all of these things that help build habits. And even yesterday, I finished work and I was quite tired and I went into town because I just needed to get out and do something a bit different and I went into Blackwell's bookshop and if you know Oxford at all Blackwell's bookshop is just this incredible space I think it's the Norrister room or something it's called it may be the biggest bookshop in Europe or something like that but anyway it's a fantastic bookshop and I got a bit lost in there for a while and I enjoyed that immensely. It was like going on holidays. But the streak got me thinking, right? That's what I'm trying to get to here is this streak got me thinking, right? So if I want to set an intention, 365 day streak, setting out to do that, I I think it's like New Year's resolutions. A year is too much. It's just too, too, too far ahead. And... I think that's why resolutions often fail as we go all in right at the beginning and then after a couple of weeks we lose momentum and also we probably pile a couple of things on so i mean I, I don't get me wrong i made a new year's resolution quite a few years ago not to make any new year's resolutions and i tend not to but the streak is interesting so what i thought was right if i look keeping something for like maybe six weeks and then cycling on a six-week cycle. And six weeks from my birthday is Christmas day. And that actually kind of turned me off. So I thought if I'm starting a new habit, Christmas day probably isn't the best day to do it. So instead, I thought, well, what about four weeks? What if I do it in four weeks? And actually, that works out perfectly because there are 13 sets of four, so 13 fours is 52, 13 sets of four weeks between November 13th, 2022 and November 13th, 2023. So I wrote down each of the four week cycles, 13 of them, the first one starting on the 13th and I thought, right, what will I do first? Yeah? Yeah. And the first thing I'm doing, I'm not making this difficult for me either. The first thing I'm doing is I am committing to getting outside during daylight hours where possible, because this time of the year, actually seeing the sunlight, even if it's raining, is really important. Maybe you don't see sunlight, but daylight, okay. And doing at least a 30 minute walk at a time. Now, I walk pretty much most days But some days when I do CrossFit, so I go to CrossFit twice a week, I tend to just walk there. It's 12 minutes there and 12 minutes back. So it's even just adding an extra six minutes to my return walk or if I'm up early enough, (laughs) the outward walk. Just things like that or just getting out again, getting up from the desk and getting outside. And... That might not sound like a big deal, but actually just committing to it, it's fascinating because I find myself going every day, when am I going to do that 30 minutes today? And here we are, we're almost two weeks in and I've done it every day. And then the next four weeks, I've also set that up, is to reintroduce daily meditation. And I've done this every now and then And sometimes I've gone for a couple of weeks at a time, but actually it's again, committing to it, building it somewhere into my day that I will do it. 10 minutes, that's all, 10 minutes. Then the next four weeks is yoga. Now in January, I have for the last couple of years done yoga with Adrienne, her 30 day challenge. So I will have started my 30 day challenge before the cycle so actually it's going to be an easy one to do and that's fine because her yoga is usually about 20 minutes a day if I add 10 minutes to that for meditation and 30 minutes for walking that's an hour a day where I am just focusing on health and fitness and rather than take all of those three on day one I'm pacing them a little bit and the idea is to Build these very small habits in that I'm doing in addition to ones that I've started. I just make <laughs> that sounds a bit long winded, but the idea being that the thirty-minute walk becomes sacrosanct going forward, and so does the ten minutes a day of meditation. And I keep those streaks alive as well. I actually only set out the first three months because. I found that trying to think about what went next was putting pressure on myself and I don't need that pressure now. I think that will just emerge, you know? So my plan actually is to do the 3 months and then put the next 3 months in motion and then the next 3 and then the final 3. So who knows what kind of streaks I'll be keeping up by the time I'm 50? And actually maybe they won't even work at all. But the reason I've done it like this is there's a couple but I think the main one was I remember learning how to swim properly though swim properly because I've been in the water ever since I was a small child and swimming but I learned properly in Sydney and I had to correct My swimming technique, because I, well, I didn't really have much of a technique. So I had to learn, but unlearn habits as well in that process. And I remember clearly and vividly the swim coach saying that, you know, you're making a lot of tweaks. And this was to all of us adult students you're making a lot of tweaks, a lot of unlearning. And if you try and do everything at once, you're going to forget to breathe. And if you forget to breathe, well, yeah, that's not much help, is it? And the idea of streaking, that's obviously not my idea. And I mentioned Akimbo, but it's also Alison Jones, who has the Extraordinary Business Book Club podcast and also has Practical Inspiration, who I'm going to publish my book with. And Alison did this fantastic episode, episode 276, The Thousand Day lessons. And she passed a thousand days of a running streak. So like, wow. And she reflected on what she learned from building that habit and what it's taught her. And honestly, it's a really brilliant episode to listen to. And actually hearing what people get out of something is quite motivating. And also just keeping a hundred day writing streak There's something very powerful about it. It starts to build into your psyche. And actually, even though I almost forgot it yesterday, I didn't forget it. That was the point. It's like, I have to do this. It becomes important. And it's shifting how I'm thinking or my relationship to writing or to showing up daily. Because... I feel like it is something I really have to do and I really want to do and I'm doing it for the right reasons and also I want more of it. Maybe that's it. I want more of it, that it's now part of my life. It's part of what I'm doing. So let's hope when we get to 100 days, I'll keep it up. And it's a bit like that with these habit stacking. And that comes from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. If you haven't read it, it's really, really good. And I suppose I should have implemented, and there's that should word. It would have been useful to take on some of this stuff when reading the book, but better late than never, right? And. The quote for him that I like most is, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fail to the level of your systems. And that's why these systems are simple. I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. They're things that I'm kind of doing already and I just want to do more of because I know they benefit me. And yeah, 13 is also a little bit symbolic because... Well, they say it's unlucky for some, but I was born on the 13th and I really like the number 13. So now I get to 13 by four and maybe some of them I'll drop and maybe some of them I'll keep. Who knows? But certainly the first three are ones I'd really like to keep. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do yoga every single day for forevermore, but maybe it could be mixed up during the week with other things. So there could be yoga and swimming, for example, or yoga and running or yoga and something else. Well, CrossFit too, because I do that twice a week. But the idea is that every day there's something more than walking and more towards building strength as well, which I think the older we get, says she, (laughs) the more important our strength and keeping up our strength and flexibility is. So Yeah, I suppose it's working on what are the non-negotiables and building my systems around those. And interestingly enough, this morning I went on Twitter and there was a an article posted by Inc magazine and it was 13 hard to learn skills that will help you succeed. These skills require a big time commitment to acquire, but will pay off in the long run. And I thought, wow, I could probably pick some of these 13 to work on as well. Or if this was something one of you thought about, you could just get this article and I'll leave a link in the comments and actually use that. And some of them are really interesting. The first one is sleep. Then there's empathy, time management, asking for help, consistency, positive self-talk, knowing when to shut up and actually doing it, listening minding your business, resisting gossip, mastering your thoughts, staying present in the moment and speaking up. And why they picked those, there was um, somebody, a reader of Inc posted a question on Quora to ascertain what are the hardest and most useful skills to learn. And so the answers this person got is how they've put the article together. And I think it's quite a quirky list of things and some things that we can all learn to use. Now, I might not need four weeks of asking for help, but maybe I do. What would it be like to ask for help every single day for four weeks? What's interesting about that piece, I thought was, There's a study from Harvard Business School, a recent study that suggests that doing so makes us look more, not less capable. And oftentimes it's one of the things we find hardest to do. So maybe one of my four weeks challenges to myself will be asking for help every single day, who knows? But some of these are things you'd want to be doing anyway, I think, like mastering your sleep, listening, not gossiping it's an interesting list a bit quirky and another way to look at it is what are the things you want to be able to do what would you like to take up and set yourself some goals to achieve I, when do you do this though what do you tie it to and tying it to a milestone i think might be a good idea for me i think it is because actually it's very concrete to go from November 13th of one year to November 13th, the next year. Like it is from January 1st to December 31st. But I also think January 1st is an awful day to start anything new because we're usually giving something up as well. And that was something else I wanted to focus on was to think about the positives, Not, not about like depriving myself of things, but actually bringing more into my life of the stuff that matters to me. Anyway, you don't need me to tell you, I'm sure. I think designing your own system, what works for you is the key to any of this. And maybe I've sparked some inspiration or some thoughts for you today. And maybe not, maybe you're no longer listening to me and that's absolutely fine too. If you do take up a challenge, of any type. I'd love to hear about it. Honestly, let me know if you're doing 13 by four or four by 13 or a new year's resolution or whatever. Um, Pop onto LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter. Do it now. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me if you're going to take anything up. Okay, look, that's it. That was life beyond the numbers. We went through a bunch of numbers today and talked about, well, my life beyond those numbers. And thank you for listening. Next week we'll be back with a normal interview format and my next solo episode will be out on Christmas Eve. Until then, ciao. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode. If something rang through for you, be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.